On this episode of AV Week, we wrap up Enterprise Connect, the annual look at the UC space, also manufacturing in North America, and all the things that we were thankful for from our neighbors up north. All that and more next on AV Week. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 606, recorded Friday, March 31st, 2023. Thanks, Canada. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week, we'll start the international round first. Bren Walker uh, from Kierkegaard. She's in Canada. Technically, it's international. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing very well, thank you, and happy to be coming to you from Salt Spring Island in British Columbia. Indeed, that just sounds exotic. So, it is island, yeah. Uh, Jessica Weiss, this is her first time on a on a regular AV Week, I should say that. Uh, Jessica is from One Firefly, so welcome, ma'am. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, and last but not least, a young man who is coming back for more abuse. I mean, for, to give us more of his insight, Derek Jonkus from Extron. Welcome, sir. Great to have. Uh, have that wonderful intro, Tim, and uh, nice to be back and so, uh, looking forward to today. You should also uh, take a look uh, out coming out probably three or four weeks. Uh, Derek and I just recorded a, a special, uh, an, Extron, an Aviation special on uh, Extron's, some of the new stuff that they have coming out. So check for that, that as well. Um, first story is a, a big one. Trade shows are, are coming back. I, I cannot tell you one way or the other how much they're coming back, but certainly we're still having them, right? Um, some folks are, are simply not traveling and that's okay. Awesome groupie. Good portion is, uh, and enterprise connect happened this week, 27th through the 30th of March. We were recording this on March 31st. So it just ended yesterday. If you're not familiar with enterprise connect, it is a hundred percent an end user focused show. Yes, there are dealers there, but there is an awful lot of AV, uh, manufacturers and, and partners there as well. Zoom is there. Um, you know, you've got a lot of folks that you would normally see at, at Infocom, at ISE, uh, at, at Cedia that are happen to be at this show because that's, that's the, the market that they're at. Happens in Orlando um, at, at the, um, the Gaylord. Gaylord. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. Uh, at the Gaylord. I almost said the Grand Old Opry. That's not right. Wrong city. At, Different tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, 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 from what I can tell and, and what the feedback I've gotten, the show actually grew a little bit from last year's attendance. So that's 100% good. In addition, it's turned into a launching pad for a number of folks, uh, including Microsoft, right? Including Zoom, including a, a bunch of these folks that are 100% dialed into the UC space. Zoom had some announcements this week. Big ones from from that that are on my list: Microsoft Teams integration with ChatGPT. We knew this already, but it was a big uh, big announcement there. Zoom also getting into the AI space uh, with their OpenAI uh, Open uh, partnership. Call Analytics from AWS, which was an interesting play for me. Uh, the fact that Amazon is getting into uh, even more into this space. The Owl Labs. Uh, if you are familiar with the Owl uh, Labs, they've got a what used to be a one-note play. It was an owl that had a camera in it. 
Well, now they've released and, and come out with a soundboard, so good for them. Uh, it's a little bit of a departure from from their typical um, uh, their, their typical solutions. Derek, I'm going to start with you on this, both from a manufacturing standpoint, and, and Derek lives in programming world, which is, I like having smart friends. Um, what were the, some of the things that come out of it this week for you? I think the, uh, the, the biggest things that came out this week were some of those platform announcements. Okay. Um, with Microsoft, uh, kind of echo what you're saying, with Microsoft and Zoom, uh, AWS being either uh, having their own keynote or being part of keynotes was important. Um, a big part of the Enterprise Connect show, which makes it, uh, I think, really accessible for the people that own their technology and users, is that there's a really, uh, really big education component. In fact, the show floor has really different hours than a typical Infocom. Now, in Infocom, you have, you know, you have education opportunities and trade show activities at the same time you're running around. Um, but uh, Enterprise Connect, at least for all the years, uh, that uh, I've been involved in one way or another, that education component, uh, that kind of uh, industry advocacy component is uh, has its special times and places and then building relationships with, uh, um, with you know, the, the people that develop the technologies that you're using in your enterprise, for example. Yep. And that's nice to be able to see them on the show floor. So for us, um, we had a, a hand in some things that were, were shown there and demonstrated um, through some of our technology partnerships and integrations. So um, from what I hear from the people that attended and from feedback from others, I, I think they really enjoyed the show this year. Good. That's what I'm understanding. Uh, Brent, same kind of question as you're looking at, you know, at this not only from a, a design standpoint, but also, you know, Kierkegaard has several offices, so I, actually a user in, as well. Um, what were some of the things that you, you took away from this this week's announcements? Well, I guess the big thing for me was that, and even in your recap of what you what your highlights is, it's all majority software focused, mm -hmm. right? Like we are well past the point of having that conversation about hardware versus software. The software, the 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 day of the software codec is here. And, and it's what, and it's the thing that even in our design work that we find where the challenges really start to hit home for our users and for our, our, our clients is once the system is done, installed, great, commissioned, everything looks awesome, and then you have a firmware update, right? And all of a sudden things stop working and so that emphasis on education, I think, is crucial. And, and I think that we as an industry have to do more to embrace that part of AV as being a part of what we own in our domain uh, and, and the interactions that our customers have, even though we don't produce that software, matters to us a great deal. And it's in, incumbent upon us to understand how those things work. I think last time I was on, we talked about AI, and I mentioned that we started to use it ourselves to see how it can improve our processes, because that's what's going to put us in the best position to, to recommend it to clients. So, and, and I think that that is, you know, the whole idea of, of AI and how it factors into the enterprise world. It, we can say it's, oh, it's early days. I think we're already well past early days. Like we're, we're, this is going to be like the zoom level adoption that happened during COVID where we're just going to turn around and all of a sudden it's a natural part of what we're all doing. So, so let me, let me ask this generically. It's two questions. First of all, 
And if you're breaking an NDA or, or you're going to get fired, don't answer, right? But there's four people on this panel, and I'll be the first one to say, I use, uh, I use AI in my everyday job. Is everybody else here on that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So all four, all four of us. Now, you can send me an, an email later, and I can tell you how, right? I'm not going to go into it here. <laughs> but what so, – so Bren makes a very good point here. At the same time, in the same week, there was an article uh, released where Elon Musk and some other technologists are raising an alarm saying, hey, wait a minute, we should put this genie back in the bottle. Is that, is, to use an old phrase from my grandfather, is that horse out of the barn? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and yes. I think we only heard about that because Elon signed it. Well, and that's true. Tr- okay. And that's, he's, trying to get some, he's trying to get some white hat action going on, so... <laughs> As he destroys Twitter, I mean, as he helps make Twitter better, uh, Jessica. From from your perspective, what were some of the things that that kind of interested you this week coming out of Orlando? Yeah, I mean, just to echo what everyone else is saying, it's less and less focus on the hardware and all about the software. You know, AI is here. I I couldn't agree more with Bren that it is. Definitely, we're not in the early stages. Folks were in it, and I truly believe, like, and our stance here is the world will never be the same. Like the horse has definitely left the barn and and we feel that this industry and, and our especially our end users, like businesses, including marketing agencies like our own, you either learn to adopt and work with this AI and uh, work, work to make better processes and products and solutions and experiences for your environment or you're going to get left behind, right? This is horse and buggy times versus the Model T Ford. Are you going to stick behind the old horse and buggy? Or are you going to jump on the bandwagon with the Model T Ford so that you literally don't get left in the dust? And couldn't agree more. I mean, it's really neat to see what came out of last week. I mean, we're talking tonal analysis. We're talking automated uh, meeting summaries. And we're talking co- you know, AI that can help coach your sales team on how to speak better or what to say better or present better. I mean, it's really cool technology and I just think we have to embrace it. It's it's not going to slow down. I actually think it's going to do nothing but speed up and it's all in our best interest for our own businesses as well as for our clients and their their clients and their their users to make sure that we're incorporating this. You know, I can tell you here at One Firefly, we're researching, we're R&Ding, we're looking at every product and process in our company and determining where can AI help us be better, faster, stronger. Yeah. It's it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. And that was evident after uh, after this week, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would be remiss uh, without mentioning Google. Uh, not, I don't know how anything against Google. I've just not used BARD. Um, they were uh, showing that off as well. Um, has anybody else here used BARD? I've kicked it. Yeah. I've had some family members use it. And, um... 30 second comparison to to chat gbt i mean they basically can do the same they have similar capabilities it's about you know some of what might get revealed to you in terms of attitude behind it because you can't help but understand the people behind it right Mm -hmm. in terms of how certain things might be answered but you know fire what's what's the difference between chrome and and firefox yeah and i think uh you know one of these you know fast you know, um, language, kind of really large language models is, you know, a lot of these things probably end up converging in many ways because they're learning from one another. So um, probably part of the reason why, 
you know, folks like Elon and others may have been willing to sign the letter last week because, um, you know, as much as there's no going back, there's also all the other implications of all those kind of large uh, language models um, converging. And, and then, you know, it's really hard to know, you know, what is real and what isn't real. I mean, it's, it's great when you can have intent, you know, and you're able to initiate something using some of those tools. That's probably at the moment, like the, almost one of the better things you can handle. But, you know, if you're going to use, uh, use it right now, it's like you got to trust but verify. And I'm in still in the verify stage, I think. I don't know how everyone else feels about that. But, yeah, I'm still working, working through, you know, where, where is the real value in, you know, you know, at home, at work, those kinds of things. Yeah. And, and as, as somebody who's, who's spent a couple of decades making content, the, the introduction of video now, it's very rudimentary. But AI created video, and obviously AI created um, graphics. Again, rudimentary, but it's 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 getting there, and, and we've all seen, you know, um, you know the the speed at which these computers can and, and these programs can learn. So, um, next story comes to us from a friend, uh, uh, Dave Haynes, over at sixteen nine, a Canadian startup called View Real. Uh, they are demoing a tech that prints micro LED displays as fine as thirty thousand lights per square inch oh my goodness this is almost as exciting as oled and if you've ever listened to av week you know how much i love oled um <laughs> this approach promises to quote unquote revolutionize the display industry by offering unprecedented levels of resolution and energy efficiency and this is where this really gets cool uh as well as design flexibility the uh, printing technique cuts down on cost uh, and as dave haynes uh, from 169 points out Potential applications include consumer electronics, automotive, medical devices, also paves way for new a new era of ultra-high-definition display technology. Bren, I'm 100% starting with you on this because that whole design aspect and 30,000 lights per square inch, what can you do with that and how exciting or how non-exciting is that? It's funny, you know, there's a lot that, that we haven't even realized what we have already in terms of like shooting these screens and using them for production, right? 100%. So, so it's it's I'm actually more excited by the fact that they're a Canadian company, <laughs> and and thinking about what we were just talking about in terms of AI and the idea that this is being manufactured in Canada, um, you know, we I think it's an exciting. T I wish I had a manufacturing play right now. Because I think it's an exciting time to be a manufacturer where we're at this tilt where you're relying less on human beings doing individual things and more on automated processes, yeah. right? And the fact that there's more being done with automated processes levels the field in terms of uh, cost advantages that you might be up against with competitors outside of North America. So that's the part that I actually find exciting is that can we see more of that happening in North America um, while we recognize that, you know, everybody is dealing with a blended process probably in terms of some components are coming from other different, different parts of the world, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's the part that's exciting to me. <clears throat> I think it's, it's, yeah, it, 30,000, I mean, <laughs> It's like, it's sort of like the, you know, we have this um, constant conversation with folks who 
they want 4K cameras, but they're only send they're not sending a 4K signal anywhere. <laughs> nope. You know, sort of the same. I think we might be there on that aspect of it, um, but only a matter of time, right? So, Brent, I want to I want to pick on some, something you said though. That why why is I, I I have my opinions on on why North American manufacturing is 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 important. Why is that exciting? Like why is it why is it exciting to you? Good lord, that this a technology like this is happening. And let's be frank here in in Canada, right? A a country that has some has had some significant um, technological advances over the over the years. That is where the BlackBerry came from, right? That is where the smart board came from. A number of other ones. It's also where Alanis Morissette came from. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, wh- why is that exciting? Well, because I think that there's a there's a maybe some romanticism about having tangible things manufactured where you live. Okay. Um, and and I think that there's a longing for that for people for people have that longing to to know that things are quote made here. And that's not to say that you're excluding anywhere else. Yeah. It's more about and I, I think it's more about what the future actually can be in terms of having manufacturing that is more effective, that is cleaner, um, that it allows a country like ours that has a very small population in a big area to still be a player, a significant player when it comes to innovating in a field. And there's so much that happens when I think with any sort of design or iterative process, there's so much that happens when you are experiencing it in the in the process of iteration versus here's my design. Now I'm sending it to China or I'm sending it to Indonesia and there's going to be some work there. Then it's going to come back to me. Then we're going to have this process versus I'm just going to fly to Toronto for the next two weeks and I'm going to sit there and we're going to iterate there. So from a design standpoint, I think it's exciting right. to be able to have it that close. Jessica, same, same kind of question here is, is why, why is that exciting? And, and how does that, Jessica's One Firefly, their main customer are dealers, right? They're, they're integrators, both on the residential side and the, and the commercial side. How does that help them, right? And how does that help, you know, their customers, whether it's, it's you know, a multi-million dollar house or it's a corporate uh, infrastructure that somebody's putting up. How does it help you know folks down the line to understand where it's coming from? Whether that is you know as Ben said, Canada, the U.S. and and let's just pick on all of North America, U.S., Canada, and, and Mexico. Yeah, I I think Bren, um, you touched on something very interesting. Is that I think Polyp folks are proud uh, to purchase products and work with brands and companies that are from North America, are from your own country. Um, I also think from our dealer's perspective, you know, I imagine supply chain is a lot more controllable, knowing it's coming from your own country and not always coming overseas. And that, of course, really helps them because they've they've taken a lot of heat this past year or two, right, with supply chain issues and lack of availability of certain products. So from my standpoint, from a dealer standpoint, having what I would imagine would be faster, easier access to the supplies and to the products that they then 
put into uh, solutions for their end users. You're getting a happier end user. They're getting their products more quickly. Um, the solutions are going to be more complete, right? Uh, we're not partially shipping things. Ideally, we can get them full shipments. And at the end of the day, a happy customer is a happy dealer. They can turn projects more quickly. They can collect revenue more quickly. So I, I see from their standpoint, it would be for sure a win-win to be able to get access to products more quickly, especially from the supply chain issue standpoint. And then, of course, the, pr the pride of it. I think Bren really touched on a great point there. People are proud to support companies and brands that are, are from their own country or from Absolutely. North America. The, the other thing, and Derek, I'm going to pick on you here, here last, the other part of this that I have learned over the years uh, that I did not know when, quite frankly, when I was a little, I, I was, uh, you know, worked for a small community college. We didn't have to worry about stuff like this, but it's it's also the, the federal, both Canadian federal and, and U.S. federal. There are certain limitations that you cannot install in federal installations, right? Mm -hmm depending on where it's manufactured, depending on where the components come from, uh, and having, you know, Canadian government saying, yes, 100%, we can use this display because it was made in our backyard. 100%, right? Absolutely. Um, Derek, same kind of question here. Why, why does this matter? Why, why does manufacturing in the U.S., why is it manufacturing in, in, in Canada, why does manufacturing locally matter? It, it's a little bit of what we've said. Um, there are some projects that just require you to have something that's been manufactured in North America. Um, that's just because what the purchasing authority or the customer requires uh, for a company like us, uh, we have the flexibility to manufacture in many different places because we, we have facilities and, and employees in those places. And so for us, it, it's actually a, it's, it's a game of logistics and planning. Um, the last few years for our whole industry has really been all about, you know, I don't know, maybe some of the new realities of logistics. You know, what happens when, you know, a single element of your supply chain uh, breaks down when our entire industry was accustomed to just-in-time delivery of nearly anything. The cool thing, I think, about being able to print a display is it's like a, an additive manufacturing process. Like, you know, imagine... I don't know, Jessica, you're working with a reseller and they have to go implement the display and Bren and her team have designed that display into a project. And it's like, well, hold on, I'll, I'll send the instructions over and we'll print that today and it'll be at the job site. I don't know when, uh, sometime soon. I mean, to me, that is a, uh, that solves a lot of problems. It solves that I don't need to maybe warehouse the your the materials that you might otherwise need if you had to keep it on a shelf but mm -hmm. maybe it uh maybe it changes the dynamics of how you could deliver a project and maybe who would need to be there to do it and maybe it could be more accommodating to timing because mm -hmm. uh, we know that uh, the construction industry at times can be pretty inefficient what and, well i'm sorry that's right you're probably right um but the, the supply you know the being able to work with with within the industry that we operate in and you know we're you know our technology really doesn't get implemented the the final things that people get to see and experience until just about every other element of the project is complete but it uh you know before you would be the exception now it's the expectation to have that technology in place so you know, and maybe some of this has to do with the whole AI, AI topic we talked about. I mean, maybe, you know, there's smart ways to be able to do many things in our industry that, you know, there's just, you know, maybe some upcoming opportunity to learn about and explore. But gosh, the idea that we have something that looked like, you know, years ago you would have called a something with print on paper, you know, it'd be a copying machine. And now I see the image that's in this article and it 
looks like a copying machine, except yeah. it's pr printing a high resolution display. I mean, that, it just blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we've got a couple minutes here. I, I want to drill down on something. And if nobody has an answer for this, that's okay too. Um, because one of the things that, that I've learned about this podcast, specifically AV Week, the, the number of people who listen to it outside of the States. So I'm, I'm going to kind of turn this a little bit. I, I have learned that there are other countries that have made in X um, components and made in X initiatives, right? Whether that's the UK, it's Brazil, it's, it's, it's you know, France. Is this something where, where, because Derek is right, this is relatively small when you look at, at the grand scheme of, of LED manufacturing. Something like this lend itself to made in France, made in India, made in Australia, to where some of those initiatives make sense for our industry. There may be some things that you could you could garner locally that you weren't able to do before and that changes maybe what things cost. That changes yep. the, the you know, the who, what, where and how of <laughs> our you know, our project, the life cycle of a typical audiovisual, you know, IT related technology you know, project. We kind of started talking about Enterprise Connect, and there's there's nothing at Enterprise Connect that isn't but a long lead project. I mean, to adapt a platform, to make the right technology, to have you know the right people be able to meet the needs of the users, and then to maintain it. Now, those are long-term decisions. If you were able to maybe oh, shorten the life cycle of one element of that, and you and at scale, maybe for like an enterprise or for a larger organization. I, I can see how there could be some benefits. And I don't think those benefits necessarily come at the expense of people. All right. Very good. That'll be a good place to stop. Thank you all so much. Uh, Bren sure. Walker from Kierkegaard. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Uh, how do people connect with you or Kierkegaard? Kierkegaard.com, K-I-R-K-E-G-A-A-R-D. You can get me, Bren, at Kierkegaard or on LinkedIn, Brenda J. Walker. All right. Very good. Mr. Jonkus, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people connect with you or Extron? Oh, just uh, extron.com. And uh, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, so just look me up, Derek Jonkus. Very good. And Jessica, very good to see you. Thanks for joining a, a regular one. Jessica was on one at the BLC a couple years ago, but she she's joined this one. So thank you. How do people connect with you or One Firefly? Yeah, um, One Firefly, head to onefirefly.com. I am also on LinkedIn, Jessica Creamy Weiss. Or if you're on Twitter, a slice of Weiss is my handle. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> you, you and Aaron Mayer Moran may 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 compete for the coolest, uh, oh. the coolest one. So, all right. <laughs> hers, hers is Smirin on, Smirin on ice. Oh, that's that's clever. There, there's a roller derby reference in there that I'll let her tell you when she when you see her at Intelcom. So, um, for me, for Tim Albright, do not follow me on the Twitters because uh, at this point I am really excited to be a Bears fan. Um, but come by the website if you would please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Speaking of Infocom, we will be there, and a lot of you will as well, the 14th uh, through the 16th of uh, June. Uh, we will have the Aviation tweet up from 4 to 6 on the 14th at the Orange County Convention Center. You can find out more information about that on the website as well. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>